Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. It is Wednesday. It is Relationship Wednesday. It's the 29th of May. It is just moving along. We're moving along with it. It's still that warm in California. It's really an interesting year. Just on top of the fact that we have still in our whole winter season, we still are experiencing winter storms and rain, and it's cold. It's I mean, okay, now I'm going to sound, it's cold by California standards. The wind is always cold, and it's just been a very different year, but a beautiful year. And, you know, may everybody stay safe in all the tornadoes that are going on. Um, They were reaching Chicago area and, you know, everybody's buckling down. But, you know, I grew up in those areas and, you know, with the tornado warnings and going down into the basements. And I never actually saw one because we were always buckered, you know, in a bunker down in the basement when they would hit. But, you know, just keep a prayer going for everybody who has to experience this. It's just it just breaks my heart to see it. It happens so fast and it takes so long to put everything back together again. But today, speaking of putting things back together again, how is love changing us? The way we are learning to love ourselves. And what does that mean to the future of marriage? I have to say, that once we start learning to love who we are personally to ourselves and we are happier, we no longer need to get married for a company to hire us, which used to be a big deal in the 50s and 60s. They wanted families, men that were married, at that time, and I say men, not many women were working. And it validated you emotionally. You had someone to tell all your problems to, someone to fight life with and live with and love and be committed to for your whole life. And that was a reality of that time. All of us have parents for the most part, that lived in that time. Where divorce, I only knew two divorced people growing up. One was a lady who moved into our neighborhood, two doors down. And one was one of my mom's, like, more distant cousins. So I guess they're still my cousin, but him and his wife, they got divorced. So... That was it the whole time I was growing up. And now I'm divorced. And one of my sisters is divorced. And another sister is divorced. My two brothers never got divorced. I know it sounds weird, right? But my dad was the role model and my mom was ours. But in our culture, we had to marry people for the wrong reasons. And three of the four girls got divorced as a result of that. And then went on. But now, 
it has changed huge in the marriage world. And if you hear what they're talking about for the future of marriage, you are not going to believe it. But let's go back to what Christ said first in Origins of Truth, in Little Wings, in also in Original Love, where he would say marriage does not guarantee love. Can't like, will I own this person? There will never be an ownership of another human being by a human being in terms of marriage. But the other thing is our vows. He talked about how our vows set us up to be rebellious because we were interfering with free will. We were making a decision at a young age that was going to be a decision we had to stay with in certain points in our history. And some of it was realistic and others of it wasn't. But up until now, marriage has been defined by these five things, just being married to one person, marriage is between a man and a woman, marriage meant that you were partners for a lifetime, Marriage was a promise based on integrity as well as a legal contract, and marriage meant sexual fidelity to one person forever. Marriage is still defined, for the most part, by being married to one person, unless you are Mormon, because then you can be married to a few and all live in the same house, and you guys are fine. There's also now couples that are deciding that they will be poly, what is it called, the poly marriages, where you have more than one partner. And they they openly agreed to live in more, multiple partner relationships. And the amount of people who have done that can fill Manhattan at this point. It is, they just call themselves poly. So think about how this is as big as the revolution of the 60s and 70s, the sexual revolution. It's as big where we saw all the boundaries and the value. Everything was being challenged and the cultural roots were being struck down. But this isn't happening loudly. It's happening because people don't want to get divorced. They don't want to go through a financial ruin and they stay married and they're miserable with the person, not because they don't love or care about the person anymore, but the fact that they cannot get out. And they have to stay. Because nobody thinks about divorce at the altar. Most couples psychologically believe they are different and special and that divorce will never happen to them. Yet the facts are that divorce still hovers at about 50% for married couples. So you're taking a bet. The divorce rate was lower in um, 09 and 10, 2010, because at that time we had a recession. 
and people didn't break up because of their finances. But as soon as the market improved, the surge of couples put their homes up for sale, and there they were in divorce court. The legal contract that we make in marriage is just as big as the vows we make in marriage. I remember when I was younger and we first heard about prenuptial agreements. When we first heard that, I thought, who the heck would marry someone who, you know, was had an exit plan? Because that just seemed like it interfered with love so much because wasn't marriage about love? Well, if you really love me, and you spend your time with me, and we ever get divorced, you agree to leave with very, very little. Because I need to protect myself and my assets. Well, if you you have an exit plan, if there is an exit plan in place, there will be most likely an exit when it comes to money. Because one person the one who had to sign if there wasn't a dual plan. If one person has to sign a prenup, they never really feel like they were completely loved. And I don't know, I might be wrong on this one, but I think that the first time I heard of a prenup, believe it or not, was with now President Trump, when he married a lady named Marla Naples that he was having an affair with when he was married to Ivanka Trump. That far back. But that's, I think, the first time I ever heard of a prenup. And I thought, oh, so she knows if she gets divorced, she gets like $2 million at that time. It was a lot of money. But she knew that because she was pregnant and you know all the signs of our times if you're pregnant you get married and you know but it wasn't that much a sign of our time with the prenup and sure enough their marriage didn't last she took her money took her cut and ran and now we have even believe this or not because divorces are so expensive Since the 60s, when things were legal, women, when they divorced, they sued for custody and child support. The process has become available to everyone. It's expensive. Legal fees have run up to the thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Even for people who didn't have much money, it still cost them a lot to get divorced. And the emotional frustration that was never addressed. And the legal system just went on and on and on and on and the children and the family suffered, but they did not have any alternatives yet. But let's go on to where we're going because everything I just told you has come and gone, literally come and gone. Now we have a new system of divorce developing in our country. There's like 
mediation, collaborative divorce, divorce counseling. It has couples to divorce with integrity and respect. The children are shared in custody agreements, but family you know, relationships are smoother. Things like conscious uncoupling or divorcing with integrity are a possibility for people. It's not necessary to rewrite the whole history of your marriage anymore to justify the divorce. There are even couples who are creating rituals to end their marriages with love and respect for the lives that they have shared. Because Christ said, in, I, I just, you know, origins of truth, just going back to thinking of the depth of what I wrote that I didn't even really understand, you know, as time went on. I thought I understood it because it made sense for that time, but it made sense for this time, and it will for sure make sense in the future because it just keeps growing. It's really an interesting book. I can't believe that. I keep going back and saying, oh, my God, but Christ said that. But he said we will evolve out of relationships. It's a celebration. We didn't get to the celebration part yet. We're still at trying to figure out how to do it with integrity. But at this point, Marriage is no longer even a guarantee of sexual fidelity. Monogamy is defined as being married to one person. It's a legal term, pledging your love at the time of the wedding. And it's not the same thing as making a legal vow against cheating. Back in the day, if you were cheating, that was a, a reason for divorce. Now you just say irreconcilable differences because we did not know how to name it because now we got ourselves into this institution and we didn't know how to work our way out of the institution. So it was really ugly for a long time. But now with the easy access to online cheating, the use of internet pornography, it's easier than ever infidelity to interfere with a marriage. And, you know, think about it. People have smart phones in their hands, and it's the first time in history where people can cheat while they're lying in bed next to their partner just by texting. They can still maintain two relationships. Studies have shown that 45 to 55% of people will stray at some point. Some marriages may appear monogamous on the surface, but have secret affairs. Some have affairs and recover. Some move on to a more committed type of marriage. They come back in. Some partners negotiate a more fluid type of monogamy with their outside partners or sexual agreements that don't threaten their emotional monogamy. I remember a lady, and this was when I first saw Christ. I met her in, in a speaking engagement. And she said to me, I don't care who he has sex with. It's if he's emotionally involved that we're going to have a problem. 
And she also had relationships. And she got pregnant. Till this day, she doesn't have children, but she got pregnant and she got an abortion. Because there was no emotional involvement. The integrity of the relationship is maintained through emotional commitment, not sexual exclusivity. And these changes are happening now. Isn't that crazy? But let me tell you what they're saying about where marriage is going. Because this is the part that just blew me away. And this is exactly why I wanted to do this show today. Because right now, it takes two to marry, but one to end the marriage. The end of a marriage is usually defined by the decline of the emotional feelings towards one partner, right? It's like one of you isn't feeling connected. And Christ said, if the relationship isn't right for one, it ultimately isn't right for both. But one partner can make a unilateral decision that they want to leave. And that leads to the legal decision to end the contract. So now we're looking at marriages as a contract. So in the future, to avoid this marriage, they're looking at this, guys, will be defined by shorter, more renewable contracts in like five-year increments or smaller to like two-year increments with an option to renew. Take that. I can't, when I I read that, I thought, you know what, that'll keep us on, you know how like you, you stay above a line, you know, where you don't really abuse or hurt that person. If you know there's a renewal coming up, will they want to stay? Will they want to go? Will I want to stay? Will I want to go? But then I thought, well, what's the point of marriage if we have to renew the contract? But this is being looked at. These agreements will be revisited at the end of their lease. It's like we don't own anything, right? We lease our cars. We rent homes. You can, you can live here and not own one thing not even your marriage. Everything has a timing. And you either renew or end, depending on how the requirements and expectations of that contract are fulfilled. Both partners will make the decision to stay and renew, or both will agree to move on. And the whole concept is, well, you know what? We renew our license every four years. Why not renew our marriage contract? They're looking at the future, where gay marriage will have been legal for decades by then. More arrangements between couples will include open marriages with sexual agreements. Poly marriages will be more common and maybe even be legal. Can you imagine a divorce on a poly marriage where there's four people and trying to divide assets? Ah, that would be horrible. More of us will be bisexual, transsexual, even more sexually androgynous than ever before. More babies will be born without clear gender identity and will not have surgery to assign a sex. We will judge less on sexual identity and more on how we treat each other. That's happening now. 
that's happening now. This is all happening today in front of you. More families will live in vigil village type atmospheres arrangements where expanded child care covers the offspring offspring's needs. The children will be, you know, when they say it takes a village, we'll take a village. More of us will contribute to the workplace based on our skills and interests, and we'll share resources, and we'll work towards the reclaiming of our planet. All of that is already happening, with the exception of the village-like arrangements. It started with the community garden when people wanted to start eating local. And they started having community gardens. People in the neighborhood started walking out of their house, meeting each other, working together, assigning one of the neighbors the job of doing the garden. We're kind of going back. We think we're going forward, going back to villages. Because the world got so big that we knew everyone but our neighbors. We strayed from relationships because there was just available. We're human. We're walking around. We're meeting each other. We're loving each other. We're caring about each other. The world has changed. The future of marriage is different. Millennials are finding out why would we have a monogamous agreement if everyone is getting divorced? Sex will not be seen as a threat to the relationship, but as a way to maintain an individual's health and well-being and will not become compulsive or split off outside of the marriage since shame around it will have been less. Isn't that interesting that marriages will be based or partnerships will be based on emotional intimacy over physical fidelity? And sex will become part of a full, healthy partnership in any way the couple agrees to it. Right now, Right now, and this is even, this stat is over five years old. 40% of Americans think marriage is obsolete as a concept. There's even like predictions of people saying, you know, oh my God, the, Amer- the marriage apocalypse, I can't even say it, apocalypse is coming. Less couples than ever before are married and marriage rates will continue to decline in the future because there is no motivation other than love to marry and people can be in love without marriage because the legal part has destroyed lives. People have killed each other over the legal part and the money and the insurances. And all these things that we had built in to guarantee forever 
couples no longer need to get married to have children or to pass on their property or to have sex. There was a time in our history where you didn't have sex unless you were married for the most part. And then you would go somewhere else for the other, but no one ever talked about it because we had so much shame wrapped around our physical needs or desires. And they are saying that in 100 years, which, you know, anyone can predict 100 years out, but they are saying that marriage may not even exist as we have known it. When I say over and over again, well, I don't say it, Christ says it, that the one thing we have in common, all of us, is that we are all here at the same time in history. That's the one thing we have in common. We are all here at the time when all things matter that don't matter anymore. We, in our lifetimes, there's people who live their lifetime in that paradigm. My parents were one of them. They literally came here and did exactly what their point in history did. They were immigrants to this country in the 50s. They got married in the late 50s. And they lived the American dream. They had their kids. They never lived in technology. They both left before technology really hit. The cell phone things threw them off beyond anything. They had one cell phone that they shared because they went everywhere together. And if my dad left to work, he would take the cell phone, but they never used it. That same cell phone they had together was there when my dad was alive, just because they, everyone was getting a cell phone. They got a cell phone. He never used it. Then my mom, when she was alive, never used it. And when she died, which was two years later, that cell phone still had all the minutes on it that they purchased. And at that time, I can't even remember what the deal was because it was in Chicago and it was some company. At that time, they had so many different offers before companies got together. But what, can you imagine a renewable contract for marriage? And now people are saying, why do we need to get married? We could write a will to each other, but it's a bigger promise, a bigger decision, a, a closer way of looking at each other. Because as we evolve as human beings, we understand we don't need just one soulmate and that's it. I can never change my mind or grow. But yet that can be limiting because then we say, well, I love you until, but I love you until we outgrow each other. What do we say now? We don't have those words yet. So I believe for now, wherever we think we're going to stay, we will stay because we want to, because we're close, because we're connected. But we have many soulmates. Well, we have like a whole tribe of people that we travel with and, you know, throughout our time on earth. Between those we met and those we haven't met yet. It's interesting, huh? It's a little scary. But if we advance enough, we're going to learn that not only is our spouse our soulmate, but everyone we meet and everyone we see, including strangers. People on the news, those in other countries, those we hate, those we love, all of them. 
that we are all mates of each other's souls. We're going to start redefining what we already know. Our partners, the special people in our lives will be someone that we feel a deeper, more spiritual connection to. That that is where we're going. Exactly where Christ said. I just had no idea. I mean, marriage in my brain was such a permanent institution, even with all the divorces that happen. But now I go back and look at people who had the guts to get divorced early on. And it wasn't pretty. I mean, I thought, gosh, with all the trouble they have to go through, just stay married and live your own lives. I mean, why put your kids, your family, your house, your finances, and everything you've ever known in this place of just massive jeopardy? Now we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to get married to even have the children or to pass on property. Sex will may become separate from our emotional feelings and findings with another person. I don't know how we're going to deal with that. Maybe if we don't put so much emphasis on sex, we won't need it the way we do. Because now it's kind of there's that rebellion because we're not supposed to do this or that. But we're growing and it's changing. And I don't know what it would be like in my lifetime when I'm going but it's really interesting to even see this whole institution change. You guys, my time is out. I will see you tomorrow on Dream Team Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.